Welcome to today's message from Transformation Church with Pastor Jim Balzano. All right, here we go. What's love got to do with it? Everything, right? Tina Turner was wrong. Hey, Amen. You, you doing well? Ah, okay. I just wondered. Well, let me ask you to do a couple things. One is um, remember Harry, mom's husband, Harry. He is in the hospital at the moment. Um, we're not sure exactly what's going on. Fluid in his lungs. Uh, I thought maybe he was doing some congestive heart failure. Um, and, and then they said he had a heart attack, and now they're not sure he had a heart attack. We were there till 3.30 this morning with him. He's been admitted. So just pray for him, all right? And... Um, Keep in prayer, and everybody else that's in the bulletin and the people who are in different facilities, keep them in prayer as well. And um, so, anyhow, I want to speak to you for a few moments this morning. It's been a whirlwind couple of days. We were in Belize. We got home from Belize, got into Pittsburgh about midnight or so on Saturday, Friday. It was Friday night. Got out of there, got home about 2.30, got to bed about 3, 3.30. Uh, <laughs> some knuckleheads. Thought he was preaching at the lighthouse that morning, which I did. Get up, had to be there at 7 and preach. Um, did that. Then last night I was going over notes for today and got a call from mom and ended up over there till 3.30 this morning. So it's been like, yeah, sleep, who needs it? Good thing I don't like to sleep that much. But I want to take a few moments this morning and continue this series we're doing, What's Love Got to Do With It? Um, and I titled that because the fact of the matter is, if you really want to know what it it's what love has to do with our Christian relationship, our Christian life. The answer is everything. Everything. Jesus said, love God with all your heart, mind, and soul. He says, oh, by the way, the second one is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Well, how many know that's just about covers everything and everybody? All right. And so it has to be everything. Now, I'm going to take a look at this morning. I have a message that part of this series that I'm going to entitle Vessels of Honor or Vessels of Love. Man, I'll, I'll be all right. Vessels of Love. Let me share this with you. Turn with me to famous portion of Scripture, John 13. John 13 begins with verse 1. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress, and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Father, this morning, use your word to impart into us how we love, why we love, what your love looks like. Give us wisdom and revelation from your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. I, you love this story. This is one of the, the great stories of Scripture, is it not? This picture of Jesus humbling himself, going to those he loved, washing their feet. I got to tell you something. I really don't want to wash your feet. But let me tell you something. There's something interesting about that. I would rather wash your feet than have you wash mine. I'm just telling you. There's something about that in me. It's like, I know. I, I would rather wash yours than have you wash mine. I told you a story one time. I, I, I literally was in a service and I hid from Andre. 
<laughs> I'm not kidding. I was in a service in Youngstown, Ohio, and they did this thing. They did a foot washing ceremony, and I'm like washing this, and they're pulling people up, and I was like, oh, no. I'm not kidding. I, went, I said, I'm out of here. I, I usually sit up near the front with the other leaders, and I went, and there's a big auditorium. It seats about 2,500 people, and I went to the back row, and that, you, you, you know what you do when you're hiding in church? You put your head down like you're praying. <laughs> All right? And every once in a while, you peek to see what's going on. And if they, okay, so now I'm watching. This is no kidding. So I'm watching this. I'm not getting my feet washed. And I'm watching this. And all of a sudden, I see Andre and these guys are up there. And I see him going like this. And I see him looking around like, and then I, I'm like, he can't see me. And then I see him find Jared Ruddy, who you know Jared. And he says to Jared, he goes, so he says to Jared, I see him talking. I don't know what he's saying. So Jared starts He's looking around all over the place. And I'm like, I'm telling you, you just know that you know, know, right? And so I'm just going to hide. Finally, I'm just like ignoring him. Jared's walking around over there. He's walking around over there. If you stay down long enough, maybe they won't see you, right? So finally, he comes up. Hey, Andre wants you to come up. He went, stop. I don't want to do that. So I had to. Man, because I mean, you know, sometimes you have to be, sometimes it takes more humility to receive than to give. You know, and, and so it's just a funny story. I mean, I tried everything I could to get out of that. This story is such an incredible story. And I was reading it this week and, and thinking about what to share from it. And, and so I began to look at this. And there's one portion of scripture that, that really amazed me in this one verse. That it says this, verse 3, Jesus knew, what did Jesus know? That the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God, and that he was returning to God. I think this is an amazing portion of scripture in the context of this, what's happening. He knew that all power was given to him. He knew that he was from God, and he knew that he was going to God. It's an amazing thing. And so I begin to look at this. And so Jesus is going to go, just before that, it says that having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Another version says he was going to show them the full extent of his love. Because how many know love is, talk is cheap. How many know love is cheap until it's put into action? You can say you love, but until you put an action to it, it doesn't really have any proof to it. So the Bible says that he's getting ready to show them, love them to the end, love them Show them the greatest extent of his love. And then it puts this scripture in there. That he knew that the father put anything under his power and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. And so I began to reflect on this. Wow. Think about this for a moment. How does love get expressed in power? How does power get used in love? Jesus knew he had all power, yet he was going to choose to wash the feet of those he had power over. Because how many know he had power over them? He had authority over them. He had authority over everything. Jesus chose to wash the feet of those who actually were inferior to him. He didn't need to be served in order to demonstrate his power. Some people have to have you serve them so they can know that they have power over you, all right? Weak people need to lord over others in order to have power. Strong people use their power to serve others. 
All right, think about this for just a moment. The strongest people on the face of the earth are those who can humble themselves and serve you through love. That's strong people. That's strong people, okay? Power and authority is best expressed through love, not might. Power and authority is best expressed through love. How was Jesus going to show them who he really was? I'm going to wash their feet. They know I'm greater than them. They know I have authority over them. They know I have power over them. But I'm going to humble myself and serve them. Okay? Godly power is best expressed through godly love, not human might. All right? Think about this for a moment. Power and authority is best expressed through service, not being served. It is best expressed through humility, not arrogance. The power of Christ gains influence through serving others. You want, if you want to get influence, if you want to have influence, not, I'm not talking about in a manipulative fashion. I'm talking about if you truly want to have influence, love people. Love people. Humble yourself. One of the things I talked to a person in Belize about this week was a pastor down there. I said, now listen to me. I said, if we help this orphanage or if we help one of these other places, I don't want to do it directly to the orphanage or directly to the place. I want to do it through you. I want to give the money to you as a local church so that you're the one who's the hero and not us. I mean, that's a better strategy than us being a hero. Because what it does, it champions them and puts them in a position to have influence because now they're coming with money to the table, coming with love to the table, coming with interest to the table, and now they're the champion who has an influence to win people to Jesus Christ. Now, if, I, if we wanted to have all the glory and be the hero, we'd make it about us. Power expressed through loving service is power suppressed. How do you suppress manipulative power? Work through love. Jesus could have taken the position of all powers mine, serve me. I'm the master, you're the disciple. You serve me. I'm the top dog. You serve me. He had power over everything, yet he chose to express that power through love. The most powerful people on earth are people who wield power in love. If God gives you a position of a power and authority... The best way you can use that is through loving others. People who don't love and have power are dangerous people. The church spends a lot of time looking for political power. Man, we're spending a lot of time, day and age right now, looking for political power when the power of the kingdom is at its disposal. All right? It looks for worldly power, but the power of God's love is within every one of us. The church will gain more influence in this world through love than it will hate and political power. Some of you are like, don't touch my politics, pastor. You're touching my politics. No, I'm not. I don't care what you are. I don't care if you're left, right, in between, back or front. I'm just telling you. What we seek to gain through political maneuvering, has already been given to us. Okay. Thank you. It's rarely that we agree. 
Let me show you a story. See, why is Jesus doing this? Remember, he's got 12 guys that he has selected and he has chosen that he's going to train and mentor for three years. He's going to go to the cross. He's going to die. He's going to be resurrected. He's going to go to heaven. And he's going to leave these 12 in charge. These 12 to carry on the mandate and the mission. And what are they doing just prior to this? They're bickering and arguing at who was going to be the greatest after he was gone. Remember, let me read it to you out of the book of Luke. A dispute rose among them as to which one was going to be considered the greatest. Jesus said to them, the kings of the Gentiles lord over them. But those who exercise authority over them call themselves benefactors. But you're not like them. Instead, the greatest among you shall be like the youngest and the one who rules like the one who serves. There they are. Hey, did you know Jesus is dying? Guess what? I'm the man when he's gone. I'm in charge when he's gone. When he's gone, and then all of a sudden, can you see him? I mean, let's talk about the big three. Peter, James, and John. You can just hear him. I mean, Peter, you know, he's a wild man anyhow. He's cutting dude's ears off later on. Peter's just a wild man. I can just see him. Let me tell you something, guys. Let me tell you how this is going to work. He's gone. I'm in charge. You two, step in. Step in line. And you hear John. Wait, 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 Peter. No, 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 Peter. He loved me more than you. (laughs) Come on. You can just just hear it. And here they are having a dispute. Listen to me. I'm going to talk about the church for a moment. Most church arguments are over control. Who's in charge? Who's in charge? I show you a place in Belize. 385 people, and they're bickering about who's going to have power and authority over this building. doesn't matter the culture. People are people. Amen? Jesus says, stop arguing about who's going to have the power. Stop arguing about who's going to be the greatest. Matter of fact, he says, I'm not even going to tell you to. I'm going to show you what it looks like. And now the one who had all the power in the room, the one who had all the authority in the room, gets up and he says, now let me show you what it looks like. Power. Godly power is best expressed through godly love, not human might. Jesus could love those under his power because he loved the one who gave him that power. Your ability to love those under you is directly related to your love to the one over you. It's just this. All right, let me keep going. I've got a few things I want to just kind of, we're just going to weave our way through this for a little bit, all right? So now, let's see. So Jesus begins to wash their feet. He says, now, first of all, the first thing he knew was all power was his. The second thing is, it says that Jesus knew he came from the Father. He knew he was from the Father. Hmm. So Jesus knew who he was. He didn't need to impress people. He didn't need to find his identity in pride or power, position, or being served. He knew who he was. Therefore, he could love those who were under him. He knew he was from the Father. There's a security in knowing who you are. There's a security in knowing who you are, who you belong to, and who he was. The security of knowing who he was was in the Father. The security of knowing who he was in the Father enabled him to serve those whom in essence were beneath him. Okay? Secure people don't mind humbling themselves to others. Just don't. Insecure people can't do it. It drives them crazy. Jesus knew who he was, who he was from, so he could love where he was at. 
Jesus could love those beneath him because he loved the one above him. You cannot love those you you deem, quote, beneath you if you don't love the one above you. How in the world can you love that person over there correctly if you don't love God? John talks to us about that. We'll get there in a minute. Jesus knew who he was, where he was from. Therefore, he could love those around him. He could love those who he was with. Love flows from healthy identity. Do you know who you are? How many know you're a son and daughter of the living God? Created in the image of God. To be Christ-like. Love from a, you are to love from a Christ-like identity. The reason that many of us can't love that person around us is because we're doing it from a position of self rather than from the position of being in the Father. If I, wanna, if I try to love you from myself, you're in bad shape some days. I'm just telling you. Because here's why. Because some days I'm not very loving in myself. Some days you're not very lovable. And have you ever been unlovable? Amen? Some days it's just like you're not going to be very fortunate some days if you're waiting for me to do it for myself. The reason you can't love those around you because you might be doing it from self rather than from the Father. When you do it from the Father, you then can do it for anyone. When you do it from the, listen to me, when you do it from your flesh, you can only do it to those who please or make your flesh happy. You make me happy, I love you. You do what I want, I love you. You get on my nerves today. I don't love you. <laughs> little, I, I saw a card yesterday. I was been in the card shopping for Valentine's Day. Cards stink anymore. Did anybody notice that? Just a, just a, just a side chair for a moment. The card industry really stinks. They need some better creativity, Okay. But anyhow, I saw one, something about I really, I love you more today than I did yesterday. Yesterday, you really annoyed me. <laughs> All right? When you do it from the Father, you can do it for anyone. When you do it from the flesh, you can only do it to those who please or make your flesh happy. Loving from the Father is loving from the Spirit of God. Loving from the Father is loving out of relationship. The reason you can't love some people is because your love relationship with God is messed up. All right? Listen to me. When you, got to go, when you and God are like good this way, we know the old phrase. You know, when you're good vertical, you're probably pretty good horizontal, right? But get the vertical out of whack and the horizontal's out of whack. Because all of a sudden... When you and the Father are one and you love from the Father, you love what the Father loves and you love who the Father loves. Remember what John said? John said, dear friends, let us love one another. For love comes from? Okay, really, it's in the Bible. Okay, love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God. Hmm. And knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God because God is love. So my ability to love you, my ability to love those around me, my ability as Jesus to love those, quote, that we might consider beneath us, doesn't come from me, it comes from the Father. John also said, and, we, and so we know and rely on the love of God has for us, God is love. 
Whoever lives in love lives in God and God in them. Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. Liar, okay? For whoever does not love their brother and their sister whom they can see cannot love God who they can't see. All right? And he's given us this command. Anyone who loves God must also love their brother and sister. Jesus knew he came from the Father. When you come from the Father, you love like the Father. When you're born of the Father, you have to love from the Father. Okay? Now, Jesus could love those beneath him because he loved the one above him. He could serve those beneath him because he served the one above him. Listen, it's easy to serve people when you serve God first. If you know that through that person you're serving God, it'll be easier to serve that person. Jesus humbled himself to those beneath him because he humbled himself to the one above him. Your problem, my problem, isn't loving that person. It could be my problem is loving God. It, 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 we, put, we blame it on the person, right? Wow, they, I can't love them because they this or they that and they're a pain in the butt and they're this and they're that. Uh-huh. Let me remind you that when he's washing feet, he's got Judas's in there somewhere too. Your problem serving that person isn't the person, it's serving God. It's not about, it's your problem humbling yourself with that person could be a problem humbling yourself before God. Is this like smack anybody in the face other than me? You see, we want to say we're justified in not loving that person, but I'm going to tell you something this morning. You have no justification whatsoever under Christ. None. How in the world, okay, now I'm not really picking on any one person here because I don't know the situations, but I'm just going to use this as an illustration, so don't get all stressed out over it, okay? So is he talking about me? But how in the world can people walk into a church building under the banner of Jesus Christ that were born anew from above, born from the Father, sit on that side of the church and hate the person on that side of the church? How can we sit on that side of the church and have a grudge against that side of the church? Your problem isn't with that person. Your problem is with God. Because once you and God get on the same page, you'll love that person. I'm not saying you'll go hang out and go to dinner tomorrow night. Okay, come on. The problem isn't the person. The problem is you and God. And then Jesus, it says this. So, so it says Jesus knew all power was his. And he says he knew he was from the Father. And then it says he knew he was going back to the Father. Hmm. Our decision to love where we're going, our decision to, have I told you I got 12 hours sleep in three days? Our decision to love where we are should flow from where we're going. Jesus loved now because he knew where he was going. He viewed the present through the spectrum of the future. Think about this, all right? How many know that as believers, we live now from the future? Okay, what do I mean? All right. How many know there's no hatred in heaven? <laughs> How many know if there's no hatred in heaven, then there should be no hatred in me now? 
I live now according to a culture of the future. All right, if there's no lying in heaven, I should not lie now. If there's no murder in heaven, praise God, pretty good chance I shouldn't murder now. If there's no hate in heaven, I shouldn't hate now. In other words, what I'm saying to you is that you and I are living with a destiny in mind. And we need to live currently in the same culture, in the same atmosphere, in the same thinking as the future destination. But how many know that's hard to do? But how many know that's why we do it from the Spirit of God? Because you're not going to do it from the flesh. Love, love for the present state flows from a future state. Jesus could love those right now in his presence underneath him because he knew where he was going. He knew his destination. All right? Now, here's what I want to get to. I'm, on, I'm, I'm looking at this and I'm looking at this and saying, okay, so Father, what's, what's, what's the main crux you want to bring out of this? All right? So I want you to see this. Let's set this stage. Jesus is getting ready to be betrayed. He's getting ready to face the cross. The hour was at hand. He's going to eat one last supper with his disciples. All right? And in the midst of this moment, they decide to duke it out on who's going to be the greatest. Who was going to be in charge? Who was going to have the power? Who was going to have the authority of Jesus when he was gone? Let me tell you who has the authority of Jesus. Can I tell you that? Good. The one who loves like Jesus has authority like Jesus. In your life, you can have the authority of Jesus if you love like Jesus. Isn't it amazing that Paul writes 1 Corinthians chapter 12 all about the gifts of the Spirit, which is the power of God, the authority of God, through the life of the believer. And yet, he follows it up with verse chapter 13 of 1 Corinthians. says, but let me show you the most excellent way. Let me show you how these are exercised. These power gifts of God are exercised best through the spirit of love. We, God, we need to understand something. That the, the, the authority of Jesus comes with us when we love like Jesus. So Jesus has one final act that he's going to be performed before leaving earth. If you knew in a matter of 19 hours you were going to die, what would be the last thing you would do? What would be your last act to those around you, to your family, to your loved ones, to your friends? What would be your last act? His last act was, I'm going to wash their feet. The last thing he did for them was wash their feet. One final act. He's going to show them what this love looks like. He, he's going to show them and give, show them how it's expressed. He could do it, and he was going to show them how to do it and have authority. He knew his power. He knew how to wield that power. He knew who he was and whose he was and where he was going. So he gets up, and he takes off that outer garment, and he takes it off, and he wraps a, towel, a servant's towel around his waist. And he picks up a servant's basin. Because this job was not the job of the master. This was the job of a slave. You got 12 men walking through dirt with open-toed sandals. In his presence, 
that he's going to start to wash their feet. Yuck. (laughs) And he picks up a servant's pitcher. And he begins to pour water. But that water isn't being poured from a lowly pitcher. It's being poured from a heart of a lover. The heart of a master. The heart of a savior. He takes this fleshly foot and he begins to wash away the dirt. Okay? Who knows how long it's been since those stinky feet might have been washed. He takes a servant's towel and he begins to dry them. Isn't it funny? The vessels of the earth are best used from a heart of love. Think about the tolls in your life. The earthly things that you have at your disposal. Anything you have in your hand can become a toll of the master to be used from a heart of love. Our heart of love turns the earthen vessels into a vessel of love. A heart of love can turn your tolls into vessels of love. Jesus was able to take the common tolls of a slave and turn them into vessels of love. Hmm. Now think about this. I thought, oh. Here's what happens. So he's washing these feet. We don't know who he did first. We don't know who he did last. It doesn't really matter. All we know is the Bible tells us, then he came to Peter. Hmm. Peter says, nope. Peter's doing this. <laughs> Ain't doing mine. He comes to Peter. Peter says, you're going to wash my feet? Never. You're never going to wash my feet. Peter's not having any of it. Here's the problem. Peter wasn't receiving the love of Jesus. And it wasn't a pride thing. It wasn't that he had too much pride. It was that he knew who he was and he knew who Jesus was. He knew he should be washing the feet of Jesus, but here was Jesus standing wanting to wash his feet. He couldn't receive it because he felt unworthy. And while he may indeed be unworthy, how many know Jesus counted him worthy? It wasn't his pride that hindered him. It was his self-realization that hindered him from being able to receive the love of Jesus. The problem is, here's the problem. If he cannot receive this love for Jesus, he cannot give this love of Jesus. I can't give what I don't receive. If I have, if I don't receive love in humility, it's hard to give love in humility. If I think I've earned this from Jesus, then I want others to earn it from me. All of a sudden, my love might become conditional. The reason you can't love is maybe because you haven't received that love. Oh, I know that you know that you're loved by God, but have you really received the love of God? Once it's received from Jesus, it's expected of them to give it like Jesus. If you, you're giving conditional love to those around you, maybe because you received conditional love from somebody else. People who receive conditional love from their parents often give their children conditional love. And we taught, did a series last year. Unconditional love never says if. It cannot say if. if. It says, remember, anybody remember? It cannot say if, 
And it says, even if. I'm going to love you even if. Here's, here's the deal. So watch this. So now he says, Peter says, no, no, you ain't washing my feet, man. He says, unless I wash you, you have nothing to do with me. Okay, do the whole thing. <laughs> you got to love Peter. It's like all or nothing, Peter, right? So Jesus, now follow this up, and I'm going to be done in about another seven minutes. So Jesus washes his feet, and you move a little bit longer into the text. You get to John 13, verse 34. Now Jesus is looking at these very same disciples after he did this. He said, oh, by the way, guys, guess what? A new commandment I give you, that you love one another. Even as I have just loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all men will know who you are. They'll know you're my disciples, if you love one for another. So Jesus, in a moment of time, when they're bickering and fighting and duking it out over who's going to be the greatest, he wraps himself in a humble servant's outfit. He takes on the vessels of a servant. He takes those earthen vessels, turns them into vessels of love, pours them on them. And all of a sudden, here's what I want you to see. The love of Jesus turned vessels of a servant into vessels of love. He used the vessels of a servant to, t- to turn humanity or men into vessels of love. In other words, Peter, Peter, I need to wash your feet so you can receive my love. So you become a vessel of love. He's not looking for a pitcher today. He's not looking for a basin today. He's looking for a men and women who will say, will you be my vessel of love? In this moment of time, he was taking human flesh and turning them into vessels of love. You are the pitcher that God wants to pour his love on others through. You are the pitcher. You see, because let me tell you about this. These vessels. You see, vessels of love can only pour what they hold. If I fill up the pitcher with orange juice, I'm not pouring Pepsi out of it. One time I went home, I was young, I was young, I was married, and, and, and it was hot. We were working outside, and I went to my mother's house, and well, I forget what we were doing, it doesn't matter. It was like so hot, it was sweating, and I was so thirsty. And I, you know what you do when you go to mom's house? You go right to the refrigerator. Ah, grape juice. Ah, man. So I grabbed that grape juice, I poured that baby in the glass. Ah, it was pickled egg juice. I hate pickled eggs. I was like, oh, I gotta go. Oh. It was terrible. You're only going to get out of the pitcher what's in the pitcher. You can't become a vessel of love without receiving the love of Jesus. Vessels of love can only hold what they receive. Peter, you gotta receive this, man. You got to. Because this is what I expect to come out of you. This is what I expect to come out of you. You're the vessel that Jesus wants to use to pour waters of love on others. Are you a vessel of love? Are you a vessel of love? If not, why are you not? And I can tell you why you're not. Because you haven't received.
from the Father. Come on, Troy. Let me tell you a quick story real quick. This is funny. It has nothing to do with the sermon. Just while Troy's coming. It's filler. A month ago, Harry Howe texted me a date on my phone, a picture of a date. And I saw 10. I saw February. And I, what you were saying, you want to speak at the Lighthouse on February 10th? Sure. I told him, sure. Put it on my calendar. So I go to Belize, and I'm thinking the whole time, oh, my gosh, i got to get back. I'm going to get back at 3.30 in the morning. i got to go preach there at 7. So I go to the Lighthouse yesterday morning. I get there. I'm sitting there. He comes over. Are you speaking today? Yeah, I'm speaking today. And well, he said, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? Yeah, what am I doing here? I'm speaking today. Oh, you sure? I think so. Why? He said, well, because they called me to speak. They said the guy who was supposed to speak today canceled. I said, I didn't cancel. What are you talking about? I didn't cancel. And then all of a sudden, he's looking at me. So, so now I'm looking at the picture. So look, February 10th right here. Well, if I had just opened the picture actually up, I would have seen March above the February. I don't know how his, that worked. Anyhow, but let me tell you something. It's so cool how God works. Because now I'm there. I'm there because I have the wrong date because I read the picture wrong. Although it wasn't that wrong. It was weird how it was sent. He's there. So he ends up leading worship. I end up preaching because I can't be there March 10th. So he'll be there March 10th. And it's funny how God works things out, isn't it? He'll even use my stupidity, all right? But listen to me this morning. Let me come back and close with this. Listen, what's love got to do with it? Everything. Everything. What's Jesus doing for his disciples? He was turning them into vessels of love. How do you become a vessel of love? You begin to look like Jesus. You want authority? Love like Jesus. You want authority? You want power? Love like Jesus. Sometimes, I'm going to be honest, I'm going I'm I'm to meddle here just a moment. The reason that some of us can't love others is because we're too prideful. We want our Lord over people. We want power over people. We want to hold authority over them. And God is saying, knock it off and serve. Come under. You're not a Gentile. You you want power in this world, Christian? You're angry because you didn't get it in politics? Get it through the love of Jesus. (laughs) <laughs> he's laughing or he's something how do you love how do you become this vessel you gotta love God you gotta love God no man can say that I love God and hate his brother you gotta know where you're from you gotta know who you're from you gotta live from where you're going we live now from the future. We often talk about getting to heaven. How many know this morning we can live from the culture of heaven now? And last but not least, we got to receive the love of Jesus. He wants to turn you into a vessel of love. He took common, probably pottery, made from the earth, and he turned them into vessels of love. And today, he's looking for people that were made from the dust of the earth with the Spirit of God breathed into them that he wants to pour his love on so he can turn us into vessels of love to be poured on others. What a calling. What a calling. What an incredible 
calling. Do not let it go on deaf ears. Become the vessel he's created you for. Ask yourself the next time. (laughs) Ask yourself the next time you want to post what's coming out of this vessel. I really don't, I really, 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 really don't get some of our Facebook posts. I really don't get it. Why are we such a therapeutic nation right now that needs to vent our garbage on social media? Let me me put this post out there so I can tell everybody how angry I am. And they did this and the delivery company did that. And this happened and that happened. And now all of a sudden you put that out there and all your friends start chiming in and they come up and don't stop it. Let fresh water flow out of the vessel. Let fresh water flow out of the vessel. Let fresh water. Receive fresh water. Receive it and let it flow out. Receive the love and let it flow out. Come on. Be a well of life. Father, this morning, in this house, would you help us become vessels of love? Vessels that have received the love of God so that we can walk in the fulfillment of the commandment that you said, I give you a command, and that's to love one another. Father, allow us to come to a place where we would humble ourselves, that we would be willing to, that, that we would humble ourselves first to you so we can humble ourselves to others. We would first serve you so we can serve others. We first would get our love relationship right with you so that we can love others. Turn us into vessels of love so that what's inside of us is the love of Jesus that's being poured out on a humanity that is so desperately needing to be loved. Start in this house, God. Start in this house. That in this house, there would be no isms. In this house, there'd be no division. In this house, there'd be no struggle. In this house, there would be love. vessels of love that's who you created us to be help us with this message today help us live it out by the spirit of God and all God's people said amen come on stand up let's sing something